Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Let's jump right into today's program. Pastor Larry and Michael Smith are back, continuing their insight and analysis into the latest with Al-Qaeda and Afghanistan. The story of some 20 years of American involvement in Afghanistan has ended in a disaster. It would be difficult to even imagine a worst-case scenario than the present one. Even CNN has recently stated that the war in Afghanistan has been a failure. Our guest is Mike Smith. This is a very sad story. You know, Mike, Mr. Biden said this, there's going to be no circumstance in which you are going to see people being lifted off the roof of an embassy of the United States from Afghanistan, close quotes. And Mr. Biden also said, I trust the capacity of the Afghan military. He was wrong so many times. Brother Mike, thank you so much for being with us once again. Thank you, Pastor Larry. It's always a great honor to be with you. Most of this discussion will be about Afghanistan, but can you start by giving us a brief introduction how the Taliban started and how did Osama bin Laden get involved in this? Well, before I go forward, Pastor Larry, I just want the audience to know Afghanistan fell to the Taliban on August 15th. This interview is being recorded on the 25th of August 2021, but this interview is the latest information, even though things are changing every day there. As you are aware, Pastor Larry, we are now coming up on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. I think it's important that we learn something from this war, since it's America's longest war we ever fought. In 1979, the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan with over 100,000 troops. By the way, 1979 was the same year the Ayatollah Khomeini overthrew Iran and started the Islamic Revolution, which is still in control today. So 1979 was not a good year for America. So the Soviet Union was in Afghanistan from 1979 to 89. In a sense, it was Russia's Vietnam, and they bailed out of there in 1989 after taking on horrendous losses. The Afghans that fought against the Russians from 79 to 89 were called the Mujahideen. The U.S. under the table was actually supporting the Mujahideen, since we didn't want the Russians to gain control in that part of the world. Now, about 1994, the Taliban came about from the Mujahideen with just a much tougher interpretation of Sharia law. By the way, the word Taliban in English means religious student. So by 1994, the Taliban controlled about 90% of Afghanistan, and by about 1996, a tribe of good guy Afghans northeast of Kabul and Panjir province led by Ahmad Shah Massoud began to counter the Taliban. Massoud was a very brave and courageous leader. His group was called the Northern Front, or as we know it as the Northern Alliance. Before the U.S. got into the war on the 7th of October 2001, it previously covertly assisted the Northern Alliance with arms and munitions even supplied them with sophisticated heat-seeking shoulder-fired missiles to shoot down Soviet planes and helicopters. It's another sad story to report, but Massoud was assassinated by the Taliban just two days before the 9-11 attacks in New York and the Pentagon. But his Northern Alliance assisted the United States in fighting the Taliban after America got in the fight. Also, on or about 1996, 
Osama bin Laden and his training camps in Afghanistan operated under the name Al-Qaeda. Once in the fight, the U.S. tracked Osama up into the mountains of Tora Bora. Unfortunately, sometime later, bin Laden slipped out of Afghanistan, and later we learned he secretly was hiding out in Pakistan. At this point, Osama bin Laden was the number one terrorist in the world, obviously because he planned the 9-11 attacks. Finally, on May 2, 2011, a special operation under the U.S. Navy and under Special Operations and SEAL Team 6 were able to track where bin Laden was in Pakistan and was able to take him out successfully. So ended the greatest manhunt in human history. Well, when America went to war in Afghanistan in the fall of 2001, did we go it alone, or were there other countries involved? Well, that's an excellent question, Pastor Larry. I wanted the listeners to know, technically, the 20-year war on terror was actually a NATO campaign, NATO for North American Treaty Organization. If you go online, it's not easy to come up with an exact number of countries, but we can safely say, at a minimum, the United States, England, Australia, Canada, Denmark, France, Germany, and Norway, and the Dutch participated in this war on terror, along with, of course, the Northern Alliance, as well as all the good guy Afghan forces. Well, what consequences can we learn from this U.S. foreign policy disaster? I hope we're learning something. Well, another great question, and I'm sure this will be discussed for years to come. You know, before 9-11, the Taliban was in control of Afghanistan, and here we are, back to the future. And on Sunday, August 15th, the Taliban take control of Afghanistan again. To start, there is no question this single event, letting the Taliban successfully take over the country, is one of the greatest geopolitical disasters in United States history. Question why? Well, because the United States has lost all respect with our friends and allies across the world. I know there's a lot of finger pointing as to who's guilty for all this happening. You know, in the UK, England, they've been one of America's closest allies for over a hundred years. It may come as a total surprise, but the Biden administration never even told England when they were going to pull our military out. And the U.K. has been there 20 years fighting along our side. Of course, it was known months ago President Biden said he was going to pull the U.S. forces out of Afghanistan by September 11, 2021. I can't even believe he told the enemy when he was going to do this, but to pick September 11th, the same anniversary as the attacks 20 years ago, I was appalled that day was originally chosen. Personally, I never heard this discussed on TV or the Internet, but you know, Iran is the grand central station of terrorism across the world. They are a Shiite government. The Taliban in Afghanistan are Sunni Muslims. Traditionally, both factions never got along. However, with the Taliban now in control, Iran and the United Terror Groups around the world have embraced this unity. As you know, Pastor Larry, you and I both know the common people of Iran, Pakistan, and Afghanistan are a precious people. Yes. It's the evil governments of those nations that's the problem. Because of Shia and Sunni combining forces now, this is not good for Israel or the United States. Right. I think we're open to other attacks. 
I know China is now mocking us, and I think the rest of the world is mocking us. We are the laughing stock of the world. And the reason is, we've left God, we've thrown the Bible out, we've gotten caught up in all of these left-wing, progressive, wacko ideas, and look what's happened. They don't work. If you follow the Lord, if you love your country, if you love your wife, your husband, the family, you will fight to defend it. But if you've departed from basic biblical morality, you've got no guts, to put it very plainly. Sorry for the rough language, but I feel very strongly about that. But tell us, Brother Mike, do you see some other issues affecting America's security at this moment? How are we doing? Where are we standing? Well, I do. And according to the Peter G. Peterson Foundation, America's national debt is now over $28 trillion. There are blessings and curses in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Not only can this apply to individuals, but nations as well. In Deuteronomy 28.44, it essentially warns us when you borrow and you're not lending, you become the tail and not the head. Why? Well, because we are a nation who turn their back on God. The day after Kabul fell, the Chinese told the Taliban they fully accept their form of government. Over a trillion dollars of lithium is under Afghanistan. What interest would China have in that? You can't have green energy without it, and Afghanistan is one of the few countries that have it. By the way, the Chinese and Russian embassies are still open for business Mm. in Kabul. Well, what are some of the major blunders that you see that happen with the situation today in Afghanistan? Before Donald Trump left office, he had 2,500 troops plus another 5,000 allies working there. Bagram Air Base was still open, and the U.S. was supporting air cover to the Afghans. All of that was holding the line. In the meantime, Trump was attempting to arrange an agreement with the Taliban with the expectation the Taliban would not allow al-Qaeda or ISIS entry into Afghanistan. That hope all went south when Joe Biden became president. The death knell came when the Biden administration pulled the plug and he pulled out of Bagram Air Base on July 5th the most powerful and sophisticated hardened airbase in that part of the world. It had two 10,000-foot runways and 100 parking spots for 100 fighter aircraft, which had concrete revetments to protect the planes from threats above. Then Mr. Biden pulled all the troops out as well as all the aviation contractors out of the country. That left only one airport left in Kabul, which only had one runway to evacuate people. One bomb crater in that runway, and no one is getting out or going into Afghanistan. By the way, Bagram Air Base was only 37 miles north of Kabul. That could have been used as a strategic point to evacuate Americans and Afghani people along with an open Kabul airport. That option is now not possible. Well, we know in the coming days and weeks, there are going to be some very dark days ahead concerning Afghanistan. What can we expect to see? While President Biden told the Americans attempting to leave Afghanistan, as well as Afghan people who worked with the United States during the last 20 years, if you can get to the airport, we will get you out. The day after Kabul fell, the Taliban got access to all the Americans' banking and telephone records. 
as well as registered people with our embassy. That was because they captured the U.S. Embassy and the Presidential Palace, and it was during that time they were able to acquire that information. Two days after the country fell, there were actually two Taliban security rings around Kabul airport. At the outer ring, the Taliban checked everyone's cell phones. Any ministers of faith, Afghan or American, were not allowed to pass by that checkpoint. Meanwhile, in downtown Kabul, the Taliban were painting X's on private citizens' doors of people that they considered to be a threat. Girls 12 years old or older were dragged out of their parents' homes and turned over to the Taliban fighters to serve as comfort wives. One woman was murdered because she wasn't wearing a full burqa. We got a report if the Taliban saw a Bible on someone's cell phone, that person was executed immediately. And by the way, they're checking everyone's cell phones. Many Afghan Christian ministers and Christian missionaries were contacted within two days of the takeover. The Taliban personally told them that they were going to behead them. A couple days ago, our CIA director, William Burns, made a secret trip to Kabul. I'm sure there's a story somewhere in there. As Burns met with the Taliban and its leader, Abdul Baradar, he pleaded with them that America would like to extend the deadline date of August 31st to be able to get everyone out. Burns was due to discuss his meeting with select members of Congress August 24th. We don't know up to now how that meeting ended up, but we do know the Taliban told Burns they would not allow an extension after the 31st of August. The other thing I wanted the audience to know is that it's not just the Taliban running the show in Afghanistan. They have now allowed al-Qaeda and ISIS, the Islamic State, into the country to operate there. ISIS is like al-Qaeda on steroids. It's important to understand right now, this week, the United States is totally at the mercy of the Taliban regime to get people out. One ISIS suicide bomber outside the fence at the airport, blowing himself up among with hundreds of people waiting to get inside the airport, could change everything. Donald Trump was a guest on the Hannity Show on August 17th. He said he would have bombed all the equipment we left behind at key locations. And if Donald Trump was still in office, this exit out of Afghanistan never would have allowed so many people to be in harm's way like this. Such a sad situation. Well, it really is. And I remember some evangelical leaders wrote and they got on the radio and they criticized Donald Trump, said a lot of bad things about him and said he was bad, he was this, he was a racist. But now those same evangelical leaders are silent. They're not saying a single thing about what's happening now in Afghanistan. And I think that's disgraceful. I think the church is under judgment. I believe in Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26, we see the futility curses coming upon those nations that depart from God. That means whatever they do will be a failure. And look at the last 20 years in Afghanistan. So any last thoughts in the last few minutes we have left? We truly need to be praying for our country that God will forgive us of the way that we have treated him. 
That means praying for all those in our government, even where the buck stops. Afghanistan is not the only nation security issue we face. The gaping hole in our southern border needs to be sealed as soon as possible. I can tell you we've had illegals from over 150 countries cross into America there. Even a few terrorists from the Middle East have been caught there. I live in Texas and along the Del Rio border with Mexico. That area is 245 miles of border that lies on the fence with Mexico. This is where thousands cross into America. Did you know the Border Patrol that governed the 245 miles there, there's only 12 Border Patrol officers patrolling that 245 miles as of last week, by the way. Why? Because most of the other officers have been sent off to administratively process illegals, and many are babysitting children. Do you think that's their job? Well, I don't think so. And Vice President Kamala Harris, she's off on a junket to Southeast Asia, to Singapore and Vietnam, and she's in charge of the southern border. Another failure in leadership. My last parting shot, Pastor Larry, the election of 2022 and 2024 will determine the trajectory, what direction America will go. Over 50% of Americans do not vote. And financially, America isn't at the edge of the cliff. It's fallen off the cliff. And as we're descending into the valley, we must pray to God that he save us from ourselves if we are to survive. Well, thank you for the opportunity to speak today. May God have mercy on our Christian republic, and amen. Well, thank you so much, Brother Mike. You're always the delight. What you do with the prophetic scriptures, I can just see from our show now, you have keen insight into what's happening in our world today. So God bless you richly. It's so wonderful to do these programs with you. Thank you. Great honor to be with you today. Fascinating insight. Get your own audio copy of the complete two-day conversation from Michael Smith on Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan by simply calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order online swrc.com. Jerry Tyson, host of the new podcast, In the Beacon's Light, is here with today's Bible in the News report. Jerry is pulling back the curtain and looking at the real pandemic. During this last year and a half or more, we have seen stupidity displayed in so many ways as to defy imagination. Let me mention a few that come to my mind before referencing an article I found. Imagine forcing young people who are playing vigorous sports to wear a mask. With a vital need to have free access to fresh air while breathing heavily, what legitimate reason would there ever be to wear an air-restricting mask? Better not to play the sport than to risk the serious health issues for a person who might have breathing problems as yet not discovered, resulting in collapse, and who knows, even worse. There have been more than a few serious problems come to light already. If we continue to mask, they will become the new pandemic. The demand for social distancing has been all-encompassing. If you were in a medical office, a checkout line, virtually anywhere there may have been even a few people, you were certainly told to keep your distance. 
Fortunately, that has diminished somewhat recently, but what has the push done to our confidence in being near other people? For many, there is still a very serious problem that the person over there might be potentially dangerous to me. Very quickly, our desire to be around others, especially strangers, has been replaced by caution flags. We're suspicious to the point of fear of people we should be willing to meet and willing to interact with, especially if we are Christians seeking to share the good news of the gospel. People are actually afraid of others. Is your church one of the places where masks and social distancing has kept people apart rather than allowing them to reach out and encourage one another? Why? The thought of Jesus wearing a mask is almost funny. Uh, almost. Earlier this year, I found an article, 50 Warning Signs That Stupidity Is The Real Pandemic, written by Itsu Diaz. Let me focus on just a few of them that seem to hit the mark. Crying over televised injustices, but ignoring the ones you have at home. We seem to have lost our objectivity. Fictional TV has replaced reality in our level of concern. Many see the dramatic soap opera as real, but the need of the neighbor down the street, you don't see it at all. Paying a multi-million dollar ransom to any group of hijackers or hackers that hijack or hack anything at any time in any country. There may be some times when a ransom demand may need to be met due to the urgency of limited time to do anything in light of the real threat. But when there is time to stretch out the payment far enough into the future to buy time to find out who and where and how to counterattack, it makes more sense to stall, find them, bring them to justice. Just a few times of that justice being what it should be might be a deterrent for the next person. Saying that the world would be wonderful without borders and not instantly bursting out laughing. I find it interesting that virtually every other country in the world has very strict rules about who can enter their territory, where and when and how they may legally enter and what identification they must have. Suddenly for the United States, it's fine for people with no skills and especially nothing else other than the desire to live the good life at our expense to come into our country unchecked. A world without borders would be a good thing, but only if we can trust everyone to do their part and live responsibly. Blindly trusting in public education now we're truly walking into the realm of fantasy. Anyone who is paying attention to the conditions in the schools today knows that public education is not public. It's a fabrication of trust and long-term effort to make people believe what is not. While we're at it, it's barely education. Indoctrination is much closer to what it is. It has only been recently that many parents scattered across the nation have found their unified strength to fight the large educational conglomerate that is taking our children's minds and causing them to believe lies for truth. 
It's more than 50 years ago the parents began to cede their authority to those who convinced them that because of their educational level, they knew better. Each generation succeeding has been taken further away from truth and led into lies that sound good to those who have done no research. To our shame. Finally, a few are awakening and rocking the boat. Hallelujah. Promoting police disarmament and still believing that you can continue to enjoy your rights. We have begun to see the results of this numbskull thinking in several cities where idiots bloom and people not mentally equipped to be street sweepers are sitting in governor's and mayor's chairs. It's not good, and people with any wisdom are taking their losses and moving far away. If there are no police, there will be total anarchy and chaos. It comes down to a large segment of society ill-prepared to do anything but live on welfare or the fruits of lawlessness who have taken over and destroyed what previously might have been considered to be good. But wait, in James 3, 14 through 18, we find an interesting commentary on what could be a similar situation. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. We see this on the news every night. Compare that to the end of the chapter. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace, of them that make peace. Insisting on the idea that cats are better people than humans. Before we get too far astray here, Jody and I have had cats in our homes since before we were bulges in our mother's bellies. Some of the cats we have had display higher levels of intelligence and affection than many people we know. But if those people and many others you know have been led in the ways of God's word, have come to faith in Jesus as children and allowed to, as Colossians 3, 16a says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, there'd be fewer venerated and worshiped cats. Trusting your taxes will go towards something worthwhile. Do we even need to comment on this one? Probably not. What was the real reason for the pandemic? We'll never know the truth. What we see now seems to seriously point to the direction that it was fully planned to get millions all over the world to focus away from what is really important to look at a false flag health issue and get in lockstep to fear for our lives if we don't follow the instructions. The number of people having serious reactions, including long-term and strange effects, up to and including death, seem to point to this being a world population reducing event. Two excellent resources for you today. 
What Every American Needs to Know About the Quran by Bill Federer, and the DVD American Destiny 400 Years by Michael Smith. Get both the book and DVD for a gift of $35 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. You can also order online swrc.com. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.